faithwire.com. Joe Biden spoke at the UN today saying America's back, but a lot of countries don't agree. Today is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's four and three podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday going through the news of the day. We'd love to have you along for the ride with us. Joining me today, as always, is Trey Goins Phillips from faithwire.com with a quick look at what is coming up. Happy Tuesday to you, sir. Yes, and to you. So yesterday when we talked about uh, fall and when it officially begins, yeah, uh, I had to Google it after our conversation. Okay. We were both wrong. Oh. It doesn't start until tomorrow. The 22nd is the beginning of fall. So the 21st um, so is the actual last day. It's like the last day of summer is Got today. It. So everybody get all of your summer things in <laughs> before 1159 or by 1159 tonight because it's over. It's over. Uh, it's but after that. Fall is on the way. So uh, anyway, coming up on the <laughs> podcast today, uh, we're going to talk about a survey that shows one third of adults in the UK see pornography as acceptable in society. Uh, and then a uh, Grammy-nominated singer is explaining how he was told not to talk about Jesus early in his career. And then we'll also talk about his response when he was told <laughs> not to talk about Jesus. Uh, and then uh, a Tennessee school board told coaches and teachers that they could not lead students in post-game prayers. Uh, and one high school football team and their parents decided to take matters into their own hands. <laughs> here we go. We found positive ones here today, Trey. <laughs> yeah. The last couple. I mean, like half positive, half negative, right? You got the, the negative yeah. forces uh, going against them and then the positive on the outside. So two good ones coming up. We're going to go through the uh, big story of the day to start off, and that's uh, Joe Biden's speech there at the UN General Assembly today. Here's three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. And uh, here we'll uh, give a quick uh, soundbite of uh, the what uh, President Biden was saying at the UN today. We've ended 20 years of conflict in Afghanistan. And as we close this period of relentless war, we're opening a new era of relentless diplomacy, of using the power of our development aid to invest in new ways of lifting people up around the world. So there you go, kind of, uh, you know, touting the fact that the end of the war, uh, but this... Um, that quote came right after he kind of spoke about some of these issues that he felt were the biggest ones around the globe that we're facing right now. He listed the pandemic. He listed the climate crisis. And they always put crisis after that one. Um, he talked about the shifts in the global power dynamics. He talked about cyber threats. And then said the threat of terrorism, which I found uh, kind of... Yeah, it rang a little hollow considering how he faced down terrorism in Afghanistan there. Um, but yeah. he double also doubled down on his endorsement of the UN, uh, talking about their relevance. And he said that even though, uh, you know, even though the, actually the UN has kind of been largely panned around the our country, at least for its lack of effectiveness, it's it's a big joke. You know, hey, the UN will send you a strongly worded letter if you don't <laughs> knock it off. So, you know. A lot of bark, no bite there. Um, but Biden doubled down on his endorsement of them. He also promised to lean into sort of wealth dis redistribution around the globe uh, under the umbrella of climate change. He called the effects of climate change merciless. And he said he'd increase 
aid related to that to 11.4 billion. And that's just five months after he already doubled the amount to 5.7 billion. So we were in just a couple billion that went to 5.7 billion. And then now he jumped it up to 11 billion. And uh, I guess this is what happens, Trey, when you start throwing around like three and a half trillion dollar bills. I mean, 11 billion sounds like a bargain. Like, oh, whew, I'm only spending 11 billion. Um, no, only. 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 But, you know, at least it's not four trillion. Right. Um, like, like that's, you know, I guess that's the old Overton window trick. Just move it all the way down and, you know, uh, ask for a ton. And then you just now this doesn't seem so bad. So. So that's kind of the uh, long and short of uh, Biden's speech there. Number Observation number two, um, not everyone believes America is back, as Biden indicated. Uh, he was supposed to kind of come in offering this. You know, you remember uh, Biden definitely criticized Trump's America first foreign policy, uh, calling that the Trump doctrine. Uh, but after leaving Afghanistan in shambles and the Taliban just after 20 years, just so we could end it. That was essentially an America first policy. And it and it angered Germany's likely next prime minister who called the withdrawal, quote, the greatest debacle in NATO's history. Um, so uh, interesting dynamic there. Also, Michael Hanlon from the Brookings Institution told CBN News that France is also upset over a submarine deal. They were, they're of course, one of our oldest allies. And they pulled their ambassador from Washington. They were upset after they were left out of that defense partnership in the Indo-Pacific. And they were upset about losing a valuable submarine contract with Australia. And so that was all done kind of without diplomacy or without any discussion from the Biden administration. Uh, so there's a couple allies right off the bat who are who are frustrated. And, you know, when you're talking about at the U.N., relentless diplomacy and America being back. And then after you've criticized the America first foreign policy and then do a couple of things that seem to put America first, it's kind of a contradicting uh, message. And then on top of all that, you have a couple of other issues brewing. Biden is being heavily criticized for not following the science on the booster shots. He got panned for of all he got panned for that by, of all people, the who the World Health Organization. And on top of that, Biden's warring with countries like Haiti right now. Their citizens are currently flooding our southern borders. We're sending them back. And the country's saying we don't want them back. So you have that going all on. Again, sure looks like he's not um, you know, living up to that, quote, internationalist, end quote, philosophy that he supposedly has. So um, a lot of allies and other nations irritated um, and then thinking that Biden's sort of all talk and, and no action. So number three, why does it matter, Trey? Well, I mean, politics will be politics, but, you know, really we're living in like, we've said this many times, but a two plus two equals five world. It's a, you know, that meme that this is fine, like with the little guy sitting among the fire. Yeah, this is fine. No problem. Everything's burning down. I feel like we're living in that because Biden's up there just talking about how America's back. I mean, this is two minutes after we just lost Afghanistan to the Taliban. And he's up there saying this stuff, you know, our, our borders falling apart. Um, so many things just going wrong right now, especially internationally. And, you know, we're told everything's fine. Yeah, it's just this seems to be an administration of contradictions uh, and and kind of questions, because I, 
it, it seems like the left hand doesn't really ever know what the what the right hand is doing and and what's actually happening in reality. It's just kind of a, I think the president just picks up the latest talking point uh, and, and kind of does the this is fine routine. Like he's just kind of as long as I say the right thing, right? No one will pay attention to what's happening right behind my back. Just look at my face and read my lips. Um, so and, and as far as the vaccine thing goes uh the that whole his whole messaging has been all over the place and talk about warring like he's warring with his own administration yeah. over this i mean yeah. the fda just at the end of the week uh said that they don't uh you know the, the an advisory panel voted like resoundingly i think it was 16 to 2 uh, against uh booster shots even though biden has been promising <laughs> these boosters that are going to be available for all of america uh at the end of september it's like well that that kind of um, I'm not I'm not so sure that those two things uh, go together. Yeah. And several doctors are saying I I one said uh, that he's Paul Offit. Uh, he's a vaccine expert for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He said that he would really have trouble supporting booster booster shots for everybody over 16. Talking about the risk of myocarditis, uh, you know, just increasing if you put more and more vaccine mm. into you. Um, so the, it's just. I, Again, it just seems like an administration of contradictions when it comes to so many of these issues. Uh, and then I know I've rambled a little bit, but I will add <laughs> too that uh, you know, before this was Trump's policy, the Make America Great, before it was the Trump doctrine, uh, we should all remember that it was the Clinton doctrine. Yeah. Um, so, so I, it's it just I don't know. All of all of it is just so frustrating yeah. to to hear the contradictions and the double standards. Yeah, the double standards. Um, yeah, indeed, frustrating. Another one. Jen Psaki was asked at the press conference yesterday if the migrants they're collecting at the border, if they were being forced to show vaccine cards. And she's like, no, they're only planning to stay here for a short time. So, and then meanwhile, our kids are going to school and they're having to, it's crazy. It's crazy. It really feels like we're living in a talking point world and we're just kind of all part of the show. So I think the kids should just say if, if they're like, well, you need to be wearing a mask. I'm only planning to stay here for a few hours today. So I should, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then I should, send them yeah, right okay. on. <laughs> so, all right. Story number two. So a newly released survey shows that a third of adults in the UK or 34% say pornography is an acceptable part of society. Uh, furthermore, one in five adults admitted that they wouldn't mind pursuing work in pornography. Uh, so here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. So the author of the study, which was commissioned by the Naked Truth Project, a UK-based nonprofit seeking to open eyes and free lives from the damaging impact of pornography, surveyed 2,087 adults and determined that those aged between 18 and 34 were more likely at 32% than those aged 55 and older at 8% to pursue work in the porn industry. Uh, interestingly, however, Dan, a slight majority of respondents overall, 51%, said that they would be concerned if they discovered that a family member of theirs was creating pornography uh, and publishing it to OnlyFans or Pornhub, according to Sky News. Uh, so the Savanta Comrades survey also noted that 44% of boys ages 11 to 16 have been watching pornography to get ideas of what to try in sexual relationships. Uh, Ian Henderson, the chief executive of the Naked Truth Project, said that he believes pornography ruins lives and wrecks relationships by causing things like mental health problems, addiction, and even impotency. 
uh, he said that so it may so it may be accepted, but it can't be acceptable uh, because people deserve much better than those things. Someone once said that the problem with pornography is not that it shows us too much, but that it doesn't actually show us enough. Behind the glamour is often exploitation, coercion, and injustice. Uh, so number two here, Joshua Broom, he's a one-time pornography performer who's actually now a pastor. Mm. Uh, he told Sky News that more people need to understand the devastating impact of pornography. He told the outlet that after making up for $1 million in the pornography industry, traveling the world, and many empty, intimate encounters, I realized that none of those things that society paints as success bring true happiness. I felt empty, used up, and worthless. I discovered that peace is not found in things. Uh, it led me to isolating myself to the point where I went an entire year without hearing my real name, he said. So while on the outside looking in, I had made all of the money, fame, and was on the cover of magazines, when I laid my head on the pillow, I felt sad and empty and alone, and that caused me to have thoughts of self-harm. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? Look, a 2016 survey from the Barna Group uh, found that 93% of pastors at that time in the United States saw pornography as a much bigger problem in their congregations than it had been in the past. Uh, so this is an issue that's only escalating. We've talked about this several times. Uh, you know, we talked about the root issues here as well. Uh, but you know, it's not something, Dan, that I think churches uh, are, are going to get away get away from or, or get right. out of. They need to get comfortable talking about uh, this, uh, particularly with teenagers and parents too. Need to need to start having open lines of communication with their kids because they're being exposed to this stuff, sadly, at earlier and earlier ages. Uh, and unless there's an open line of communication, something where they can bring these questions to a trusted adult. Uh, you know, they're not going to get these issues resolved themselves. They need to have a trusted person in their life who they can, who they can talk to and, and ask these questions. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, you know, it, it's such an important topic. And um, I mean, that's why we created an e-course on it, and we still have it up. If you go yeah. to setfreecourse.com, and it talks about so many things that you were just addressing there—the root issues—and um, I, I think what's missing so many times, Trey, is the the positive message, the purpose of sex. And um, I, yeah. I think a lot of times we just shy away from talking about it because of embarrassment or whatever the case may be. And so there's a void and a vacuum left there. And, yeah. you know, young people will fill that any way, you know, they can. And, you know, with that missing information. So you have to present the positive image. Obviously, sex is something that God designed to be uh, engaged in in a particular way with particular uh, set of circumstances. So um, we need to we need to be teaching that, right? And I think yeah. so many times people just kind of don't, and I think that leads to disaster in so many cases. Yeah, for sure. And I think we do need to, as, as Christians, we need to not just be naysayers, right? Like we need right. to be, like you're saying, uh, as a teenager, like I remember hearing, you know, having sexual attraction, feeling sexually, you know, attracted to a person, to, to a young woman or whatever is completely normal. Like that is not a bad thing at all. Uh, it's just that, you know, that's how God created us. It's just the context in which we engage in that sexuality, like you're saying, is something that, that needs to be discussed. But people shouldn't be shamed for feeling right. that attraction. It's right. completely normal uh, but God designed it as a as a holy act uh, to to bring a couple closer together in marriage so I think it's just it, it we need to have the conversation maybe in a different way but we should definitely have the conversation and certainly not shy away from from answering these questions because uh, the media is just you know moving further and further away from 
God's design of sexuality. Mm. And we need to be able to combat that, you know, in the home first, because that's where change happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think one thing we can all agree on is you're not going to get a godly view of uh, sex and sexuality from the media or from no. Hollywood. Uh, that's certainly yeah. not going to happen. So, all right, let's uh, let's check in with story number three here. We got Skillet's frontman, uh, who's the Grammy nominated, was told not to talk about Jesus early on in his career, and he's got a great response. Three things you need to know, uh, starting with number one, the details. So, uh, this is uh, John Cooper speaking, and he said after a gig that they were on tour with a bunch of mainstream acts, some some pretty popular acts. He wouldn't name who it was, but people you'd know, and. He said, we were not quite famous yet, and so we were new. And so this artist tells them, and he said, in defense of this guy, he said he was being, he was trying to be nice. He wasn't like, you know, scolding him. Don't, don't you talk about Jesus. But uh, he, he said, hey, look, John, I want to tell you this. He's like, because no one's going to tell you this. He said, you guys, I think you guys could be really big. You know, you got the look, you got the sound, you're great. Um, and he said, but you guys, this thing about very spiritual things and, and people want that and, and you've already got it and you've been doing it. He said, uh, he's like, so it's your time, but you've got to disassociate from Christianity. You got to stop talking about Jesus so much. Don't do Christian interviews. Don't do Christian music festivals. If people ask you what your song's about, I'm not telling you to lie. Just don't offer up the information about Jesus. I mean, this is unbelievable commentary. And then he said something else. This is Cooper now. He said, this is what got me. He said, John, I think, think about the good you could do for your faith. If you got rich and famous, think about what you could do for Jesus if you stopped talking about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, just, that's a, that's a mind bender right there. So, <laughs> so that's kind of the, uh, what the advice he was given. Here's number two, how he responded to it. He said, I told my wife about the conversation. We prayed about it, and it was pretty instant, almost in instantaneous. I knew that that is absolutely not coming from the Lord. Um, and so he went on to talk about how there's kind of been this shift in the way people perceive truth and their willingness to manipulate a situation. And he said, if this is going to be the new, the new world, the new culture, the new way that people are kind of trying to steer Christians into a new kind of activism, into Christianity that is void of the actual gospel of Christ, I know that I need to be vocal against that move. So number three, why does it matter? I mean, it matters because our whole purpose here on Earth, Trey, is to bring glory to God's name, is to spread the good news of the gospel. Uh, and that's it's hard to do something for Jesus if you don't ever associate it to Jesus uh, in <laughs> yeah. some way, shape, or form, even if it's just a small way. So we've, we've got enough undercover agents here. I mean, you know... If he didn't say anything, he'd just be heaped. All the praise, you know, for his band and whatever he's doing would just get heaped on himself. And that wouldn't be yeah. good. Um, so good for John Cooper for uh, kind of taking a stand on that and realizing that and uh, and not going that. Because you can see some artists that definitely believe that and go that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so our we talked about this yesterday, but our interview with Christopher Palaha, which is on CBN's, uh, CBN and Faithwire YouTube channels right now, um, he kind of went in the opposite direction. Like he, he said during our interview that he's become more outspoken about his, his faith, that he started out not really outspoken about it. Uh, but as he's taken it more seriously over the last several years, over the last you know few decades, he said he's become more comfortable and he just, I, I can't help but speak out about it. It just kind of 
you know, comes out of me. Uh, so whereas Cooper kind of, he started right at the beginning and, and didn't really um, sacrifice, not that they had similar experiences, but he just said, as Palaha said, as he's become more serious about his faith, he just can't help but talk about it. Mm. And I think the same thing is true of, of Cooper. It's like, you know, I can't separate that from who I am uh, is, you know, what I believe is, is what I believe uh, and it impacts every part of me. So I can't really separate Jesus from talking about Jesus. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> right. know, the, the, the two can't, you know, can't uh, exist together. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's awesome to see people like, uh, like John Cooper uh, sticking to it and saying, you know, I'm going to stand up for Jesus no matter what, uh, you know, whatever the cost might be. Uh, because like you said, Dan, that is our ultimate purpose. Uh, one of the things Palaha said uh, during our interviews, he said, I have nothing to offer except for the story of Jesus Christ. Um, so I'm just hoping, hoping that, you know, yeah. particularly in a time right now when so many people are divided uh, and looking for hope, um, that we'll have more people like John Cooper, like Chris Palaha, whoever, uh, who, have, who have a sizable platform, who are willing to stand up and say, hey, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is Jesus. Uh, and the only hope we have, at least the only eternal hope we have that's going to last you. Uh, is Jesus and and using their platform to point other people to that because he's the only solution to to all the garbage that we deal mm-hmm. with day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so keep praying for artists like this that are willing to uh, keep yeah. on message and not to veer off course and try to be undercover. Yeah, for sure. All right, so story number four. Uh, after a school board in Tennessee told teachers and coaches they could no longer lead students in prayer, members of the football team and their parents decided to go ahead and take matters into their own hands. Uh, so here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. Uh, so last week, administrators with Putnam County Schools told staffers that they would be barred from leading students in prayer in the future, a decision that came as a result of a letter from the group Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Uh, kind of like a Freedom From Religion Foundation type group. Uh, so after consulting with an attorney for the school board, a spokesperson for PCS said case law disallowing prayer or proselytizing is clear, uh, noting courts have consistently ruled that prayer and proselytizing cannot be sponsored by schools or school personnel. Uh, the district, for its part, acknowledged the importance of prayer in the lives of our students, faculty, and staff members, saying in a statement to the press that administrators support the right of students to participate in and lead spontaneous prayers. Uh, that right is and will continue to be protected, the district said. We also understand that faculty and staff members cannot lead or participate in the spontaneous student-led prayers. Uh, so that's exactly what ended up happening, is the students decided, hey, well, we we have a right to uh, a right to participate in and lead spontaneous prayers. So, I, you know, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the school board, uh, their decision uh, sparked, uh, like I said, a faith-filled response from students and their parents who planned a prayer event last Friday night uh, after Upperman High School's game against Stone Memorial, another school in the area. Uh, so, players from both teams, their parents, friends, and siblings, all came out onto the field and supported the students as they knelt to pray at the end of the game. Uh, so, number two, Bob Vick. He's a graduate of a PCS school and a fan of Upperman's football team. He posted a now viral image 
of the prayer demonstration. He wrote, Satan's power was defeated tonight as the threat of legal action to forbid prayer after the game was overwhelmed by player-led uh, prayer, supported by parents and fans in solidarity on overall field. And you can go over to faithwire.com and see the picture. It's pretty cool to see such a huge yeah. crowd like filling the field uh, with players kneeling, uh, like I said, to pray, and, and all of their families and friends kind of you know standing around them. Uh, so number three here, why does it matter? We've seen these kind of stories before, Dan. We've reported them uh, several times at CPN and Faithware, and they're always encouraging. Uh, it's a good reminder of what can happen when you kind of poke the bear, so to speak, I guess. Because <laughs> uh, I think by and large, most people, regardless of their religious affiliation, really don't have a problem with this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just a loud minority, usually mm-hmm. on social media, from these freedom from religion type groups uh, who are just trying to get some attention. And unfortunately, we give it to them a lot, yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as believers, we know there's absolutely no harm in prayer. Uh, of course, we believe that prayer is actually a powerful force for good in this world. So it's really great to see uh, all those students standing up for their right, their religious liberty here, uh, and and just coming together in prayer after the district said, hey, the, the parents, I mean, the teachers can't lead it, uh, so we'll step up and we'll lead it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great move and a great to see. And, you know, you're right. I mean, I feel like a lot of society right now, we talk about the cancel culture. A lot of that is because we've bought into the lie, especially people that make decisions that you can be canceled. Yeah. It's like, just, eh, you know, just be you. You be you. And um, if someone wants to be mad, that's their problem, so... Um, so alright that's all the time we have for today as always head on over to faithwire.com cbnnews.com we'll be back here tomorrow with more God bless see you then